0: For John O'Leary, he sure knew how to have a good time. When the Giles Band would come into town, we'd take over the top floor of the Hilton Hotel. John would be there, and we'd go on for days on end. Sometimes he didn't even make it to work. Well, John sure knew how to house party. And in the tradition of New Orleans, we mourn the passing, but we celebrate the life. So here's to you, John, a real hard-driving man. Ooh, yeah! Hey, everybody! Hey, it's me, Big Daddy Arthur P., paying tribute to a long-lost DJ who died suddenly and tragically, and we're all here to pay tribute to him. Back in the day when he was a young pup on WAVX, I used to call him when he had good ratings and, and make his day. And it made me feel good, too, you know? And I know it made him feel good, Hopefully, everything is cool in his world now. He's resting in heavenly peace. All his brethren are here to celebrate him this evening, and it's going to be a knockdown, throwdown party at the Token Lounge. Baby! Greetings and salutations, and welcome to Radio Days, a podcast radio program that delves into the world of terrestrial radio. DJs, and on-air personality, and
1: you, all fans of radio as a medium. Here's your host, Ron. Hello and welcome to another episode of Radio Days, the podcast. As you know, we publish a new episode every Friday morning. Uh, Today's show is produced by Ron Robinson Studios. If you need professional marketing videos or professional photography, maybe you need drone footage from a licensed drone pilot, head over to com. You can also hear previous episodes of this podcast, Radio Days the Podcast, there as well. Check out my interviews with Michelle McCormick, Big Jim Edwards, Chuck Santoni, Mike Staff, Dick Burton, Karen D'Alessandro, just to name a few. All that and more can be found at com. And while you're there, click on the, on the shop link and check out some of the Radio Days gear. You know, it's going to be cold, it's cold, it's been cold for a while, it's going to continue to be cold. So if you need maybe a sweatshirt, maybe a warm hat, Grab uh, some Radio Days, the podcast, garb at ronrobinsonstudios.com as well. And uh, if you'd like to help out and become a producer for Radio Days, 101 Years of Radio, which is a documentary I'm producing, which is why I'm doing this podcast, to promote that movie, go ahead and hit the uh, Patreon or PayPal links. Or if you're listening on the Buzzsprout page, hit that heart icon and you can help out there as well. Again, and as always, I want to thank you for tuning into this podcast. I really do appreciate it. If you are enjoying it, do me a favor, share it with your friends, because if you're enjoying it, they will likely enjoy it too. And if there's a radio personality uh, or a musician, uh, current, former, or otherwise, that you'd like to hear more about, shoot me an email at ron at ronrobinsonstudios.com. Today's episode, we're going we're gonna to be looking back at the uh, John O'Leary Memorial that was held a couple of weeks ago. Uh, in a moment, I'll be joined... Um, by one of the organizers of that event, Mr. Brian Major. I'll also, uh, like at the top of the show, what you just heard, be playing a few cuts from the videos that were sent in from some of John's closest friends that were played at the memorial. Um, Also, at the end of this podcast, I'll be playing a song that was written for John after his death by a guy named uh, Alex Sands. You won't want to miss that if you haven't heard it yet. But first, uh, let me give you a brief rundown of how this memorial for John O'Leary became necessary. In mid-November, uh, legendary Detroit rock jock, John O'Leary, was murdered. There's really no sugar-coated way to say that he was murdered by his roommate, who, who I've uh, a lot of us have come to learn since then has a lengthy criminal record. It was shocking. It's still shocking. Uh, it's sad. Uh, and at the time, I really had no idea how many people really cared about John because I've I've been friends with John just just over a year, um, but since then I've discovered that how many really did and really do. Uh, care about John. Um, uh, So many people loved him, and that was evident by the turnout for this memorial that was held at the Token Lounge just two weeks ago. And to talk about the memorial and the days that followed John's death, let me bring in uh, a friend of John and promoter uh, for the Wildwood Amphitheater in Lake Orion, Mr. Brian Major. Brian, thank you for coming on today. How are you? I'm great
2: Ron how about yourself
1: I am I am well I just wish that we were talking under different circumstances because John would still be alive but um, we're gonna be talking about the memorial and like I said playing some cuts from that memorial but before we get to the memorial um, let's talk about the uh, the aftermath because I know there's been a lot of questions on social media I've I for one really haven't talked much about that, those few days and maybe this will be therapeutic for me but um because I know uh I'm talking to somebody who you yourself had to um identify the body but before we get to that because I, I think that's just an unbelievable task that, that someone would have to do to go see one of their friends in, in the morgue it's I can't even imagine what that was like for you but I want to give a little bit of background of about my perspective was because John and I uh and me and you have talked about this Brian have uh, we were supposed to get together um just a few days before his murder or a few days after which is uh why there was some kind of confusion about where john was as you know if you follow him on facebook he was posting three four times a day a couple days go by no post from john uh we had discussed the following weekend we were going to go see an event with peter werby that he was having and um wednesday came around and i called him no return call and that wasn't like john so uh after consulting Peter Werby, I decided to call the police and say, hey, you know, can you go do a welfare check? And I gave him the address. And uh, a couple days later, I found myself at the Highland Park Police Department filling out a police report from my perspective of why I thought John was missing. And while I was there, the detective came out and, in fact, said that he, they had found uh, John's body. And uh, he was, in fact, uh, no longer with us. Um that's my part. And then, you know, I notified a couple of friends and I just kind of sat back because, you know, being friends for such a short time, I really didn't feel it was my place to get involved other than, you know, to, to, to do my part as, as far as from my perspective, you know, that he was missing. But, um, I've come to learn, uh, you were the one that had to go to the morgue and identify him. Could you walk us through that, what that was like and how you found out about the, the fact that he was missing from your perspective?
2: I got a call from um, a mutual friend of ours, Roger Bergdoff. Roger called to say, did you hear John had died? And I said, I have heard nothing to that effect. Um, I guess someone had posted it on Facebook that John had been, well, that John was dead. I don't know that they said he was murdered. They just said John was dead. Um, That was on a Sunday. The following day, Monday, Roger called and said, I'm going down to identify the body The Highland Park Police won't release the information until the body is identified. And since John had no immediate family, Roger took it upon himself to go. He asked me to accompany him. We went down to the Wayne County Medical Examiner's office and were shown a picture of what turned out to be John. Roger was unable to identify him. I could tell it was him.
1: So what was that? I mean, before Roger had called you. When was the last time you talked to John?
2: I had spoken to John maybe a few weeks earlier, and it's odd. You know, you mentioned him uh, constantly being on Facebook. I'm not on Facebook that often, but I was in my messenger and had seen a message from him asking me to arrange time to shoot something at. Uh, the amphitheater, and that was what you were speaking of doing the reshoot, and I said, "You know, I just saw this, sorry, I didn't get back to you sooner. Um, just let me know what when and where, and of course, never heard anything after that, and didn't give much thought to it um, you know until afterward, obviously, right, well, for me, it wasn't
1: the pace is it wasn't the Facebook for me, it was the fact that whenever John and I talked on the phone. Whether it was him calling me back or, you know, I was always quick to call him back and John returned the favor. If I if he wasn't available, he usually called back within an hour. And so, you know, when a day or two went by and he didn't return my call, several calls, I knew something was wrong. And then it was like Facebook was like the secondary thing that I said, you know, you should call the police and see if they'll do a welfare check. Because at this point, I don't think anybody knew anything because I checked with some of his friends. You know, I, you know, I checked with Doug Podell. I checked with some other people that he contacted, and, and of course, I didn't know you that well, so I didn't. I don't know if I had your number at the time, but it was just, it was just it, the the Facebook thing was a secondary thing. My 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 spidey senses were telling me something was wrong, and Certainly. and obviously, and I I don't know. I I think the last time I talked to him was the Monday before, so I don't know if he he was murdered on Tuesday or Wednesday, but it, it was it was a strange thing. But getting back to the to the morgue thing, how was that? that had to be difficult to identify a friend. I mean, have you ever done anything like that? I can't imagine what was going through your head.
2: It had to be done. And that's all that was going through my head was that the investigation would not proceed in Highland Park until the body was identified. That's what Roger had expressed to me. And like I say, it wasn't easy. It wasn't the prettiest picture to look at. But I could see that it was John. Obviously, you
1: mentioned earlier he doesn't ha- he didn't have any surviving family, and and John, you know, for those he wasn't well off, um, but uh, so he didn't have a so so. Since then, we've learned that somebody has stepped up, and they're going to claim the body. Could you before we get to the memorial? Could you talk about
2: the, where we're at now with that? I've been told through a reliable source that a funeral director has stepped up and we'll be claiming the body from the Wayne County Medical Examiner and performing the cremation, we will be given John's ashes when that takes place. Um, Initially, when we met with the Wayne County Medical Examiner, they said that in cases like this, where there are no heirs to the estate, that the body will remain property of the county until such time as the um, county, I guess the county applies for the funds to cremate the body. And once that's done, the cremation is taken care of. With this funeral director stepping up, that process has been expedited. And I will, I am awaiting um, further details.
1: Now let's move on to the memorial because man did it take a lot of people to make this obviously yourself and Roger Birdoff were were instrumental in getting this off the ground Doug Podell obviously stepped up I mean he's been he's probably known John the longest and he stepped up to MC the event but for me before we talk about what goes into the planning of it Brian I'd like to talk about the the turnout you're talking about one of the biggest I mean those NFL NFL's popular here and for have so many people turn out at on a playoff uh, football weekend uh, I know it sounds shallow, but I mean, that was just amazing to me that were you moved by the turnout because it was packed?
2: I was pleasantly surprised. Um, we are quoting four hundred attendees, including, um, you know, the musicians and people who were invited to speak. Yeah,
1: and and yeah, let's talk about, uh, I know Art Volo was very instrumental in putting those video packages together. I mean, there was uh, Ted Nugent, uh, Arthur Penhello, um, John. I mean, uh, there was so many people. Talk about some of the big names that stepped up and, and made videos in a m- memorial of this for the event.
2: Well, we were pleasantly surprised to receive something from Ted Nugent. All right, Motor City, it's the Motor
0: City madman, Uncle Ted reporting for duty, and you are all, motor city mad people because we are real music lovers real heart and soul piss and vinegar fun defiant heart and soul real music lovers and a big salute and prayers for all the family and friends in the wind john o'leary is still alive what a great man representing that motor city soul music celebration what a great man and we're all lucky to have known him We're all lucky to have celebrated our beloved music together with a guy that so projected that spirit and that attitude. So I wish I could be there with you at the mighty historical Token Lounge. The Token Lounge celebrating a 50th anniversary, too. But we should not be sad, except that John has gone too early and in unfortunate circumstances. But you know, as I said in the Fred Bear song, and I think we all say when someone we love passes... In the Motor City wind, John O'Leary is still alive. Never forget that. We are the Motor City Maniacs because we really, really love and cherish and embrace and create the best music in the world. Thank you, John, and everybody in the, mo- the mighty Motor City for continuing to keep that spirit and that attitude alive. Godspeed. I love you all madly. John, a great man forever.
2: I had reached out to his management, and um, I was beginning to think that none of the people we reached out to in that realm were going to respond. Ted Nugent's people responded. Um, Peter Wolf responded.
1: Yeah, both of those artists go way back to the ABX days. I mean, they've known John for a long time.
2: Oh, yeah. And... um, you know, we got a lot of local radio people. Dick Purton sent something. Jojo Shuddy McGregor sent something. Her husband, Byron McGregor and John worked together at Wheels. And she was kind enough to say something. A lot of people who couldn't make it sent sent things. Lee Arnold, who hired John at Wheels, sent a nice video.
1: Yeah, so there was people who knew him and then but but people were affected by him because that's one thing that struck me is just how, how what an impact he made because i think that says a lot about john i mean you, uh, unless you're a trump supporter you couldn't find fault with john o'leary
2: you know there was the public john and there was the private john and you know like you say he was a great guy there wasn't much he wouldn't do for people but like everyone else john did have his quirks and his idiosyncrasies and were kept to a minimum in public
1: <laughs> <laughs> See, this is fascinating to me because as someone who's known him for a very short time, I'm always interested in hearing perspectives. And it's, you know, it's not about speaking ill of the dead. It's about being real. And, and you know, he he was a nice guy. But like you said, everybody has their little idiosyncrasies, right?
2: Certainly, certainly. And And I don't begrudge him one iota. He was a great guy. He was a brilliant radio voice and, you know, I don't want to say I miss him every day, but I do miss him. If I'm listening to the radio, you know, the, the pieces that you provided for us, the, the interviews that he did with you made a night and day difference in the presentation we were able to make at the memorial.
1: Yeah. I I mean, how often do people get to hear from the person who's passed at the memorial? I just, I was fortunate. I mean, I interviewed him for the movie that I'm doing obviously. And um, and so some of those cuts were taken from him talking about his career and we'll be playing a, a few of those as well, but let's talk about the planning of it. Was it to, obviously getting the people to make the videos, but that was just a portion of it. Talk about the logistics. Was it, was it, was it a difficult thing? Cause this is kind of what you do for a living, but it was, it was, it must've been a a, 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 quite a task.
2: It wasn't easy, but it required a lot more than we were prepared to undertake. Pardon the pun. Um, so where can we do a memorial? And the first thing I thought of was the token lounge because it's large enough to hold people. It's central enough to not make people say, well, it's too far away. I'm not going. I mean, people came from Oxford, people came from Rochester, you know, it was Easily an hour drive. Greg St. James
1: came from the East Coast. I mean, the people traveled in for this. Some of the folks. Oh yeah,
2: yeah. Um, um, Mark Thompson, who hired him at WIQB, he came out from Connecticut. So it was, um, you know, a lot of people. A lot of people wished we could have simulcast the event. It wasn't in the cards. We are finishing up the video and we will have it available on Vimeo. um, I'd like to say possibly even as soon as next week. So, um, you know, check Facebook, and we will have links to it. Big thanks to
1: Art Volo. Art Volo, I'm sure, has been helpful with that. Um, He
2: is a godsend. Um, Art is radio's best friend, and Art started me on the path that, I am currently traveling. um, This goes back over 40 years. So
1: you guys have been friends uh, for a
2: minute. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I was just, I don't want to say I was shocked. I was really pleased when he offered his services to help get the video done and then come out and videotape the memorial. Yeah. So that was great. And in fact, while I have the opportunity, if anybody that was there has any uh, video they'd like to share, please get in touch with us so that we can add that footage.
1: Well, I took a couple. I took mostly pictures, but there's one or two pieces of video that I have that I will make. I will make sure I get to you because that was that was another great thing is the bands. Let's talk about the bands. You had the uh, the look. You had uh, Charlie Martin. Wow, you pulled out Charlie yeah. Martin, the drummer for Bob Seeger and so much more. I mean the look D uh Steve Dick I mean it was great and then of course Doug Podell did a phenomenal job emceeing the event uh but talk about some of the bands because that was a big deal I mean it was like a even if it wasn't a memorial that'd be something to come out and see that that lineup
2: well let me take a step backwards it was you know we were talking about the planning and and I have to give a big shout out to Doug and Roger um you know I know a lot of people I've been around a long time, but I don't have the kind of clout Doug does when it comes to making things happen. And Doug was instrumental in securing the token lounge. He was instrumental in in getting a lot of the artist videos that came in and um, helping out with the bands. So And from from what I understand, I'm
1: I'm sorry, and from what I understand, also some of the things that were auctioned off came from Doug as well, too, didn't they?
2: Yes. uh, Doug handled the auction, and I guess, um, you know, that was something that I stayed out of. It wasn't really my lane. I was pleased that we had the auction. It raised additional funds for us, and I know a lot of the auction items came from Doug, but I was also told a lot of people brought things to be auctioned off. Yeah. So, That was great. When we were planning this, you know, I've never really done a memorial. So, how do we do this that it makes sense? And I chose a theme of this is or this was your life and was able to secure, um, by chance, someone who grew up with John from the age of three. And he kind of kicked things off, you know, telling John stories. And then we just basically did a chronological, you know, um, going, you know, high school, going to Spex Howard, going to uh, WBCH in Hastings, then W4, then ABX, then back to W4, um, you know, his travels up and down the dial. So from the music standpoint, I tried to coordinate acts that represented the music of the era we were speaking of. So we had Mob Opera. They played the first set of WABX music. They were great, by the way. Um, yes, they, I was blown away by them and plan to have them at more of my events this year.
1: Well, you can count me there because I'll come and see them. They were, I mean, no disrespect to the other bands, but I thought they, they, uh, they stole the show. Yeah, they brought
2: it. They definitely brought it. Um, we had, um, I have a, a gentleman that I've been working with. His name is Rock Harley. He does a Johnny Cash impersonation. We had him come up during the W4 country era. We had, um, Vinny Dombrowski from Sponge came up and played during the, I'm getting ahead of myself, but he came up and, and played during the 89X Wheels era. We had The Look, which represented um, W4 and WABX. Um, we Again, Vinny from Sponge. And, you know, that was phenomenal. Doug made that happen. And then... Um, See dick run was the eighty nine x era, and then we had mob opera close out the night. you know that was basically classic rock c s x
1: Yeah, so. and so between all those events it was at the at, at to this point uh, can you share with us how much is and obviously the the money raised will go to Oxford because most people don't know, but John O'Leary was the voice for oxford hockey but uh, th- yes. th- that's where the money's going uh, so so far how where are we at?
2: Yeah, it was $3,445 was raised that evening. And I know there's more coming in. There are people who who have been donating in John's name to the Oxford Community and Victims Memorial Fund.
1: While we're on the subject, if someone hears this and they want to give, how can they do that?
2: um i believe the you can go to oxfordbank.com forward slash donations and the instructions are right there
1: i'll make sure i put that link in the show notes so if you're interested in doing that check out the show notes and i'll, I'll have that so um from from your perspective you were pretty busy that night pulling everything together and it did come off flawlessly i especially love the way that you mix the band and then the, the band would come on and they would play and then they would while the next band was waiting to come on, you'd play clips from both John himself and, of course, um, some of the other ones that you know. We mentioned Chuck. I'm um, sorry, Chuck Tony was there along with uh, Trudy Daniels and a few others. But uh, Johnny B. and Jim McCarty, they they uh, they 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 did a cool video. I think that their video was probably the most popular, got the most because they played a tune. I know, I know Mark yep. Pasman did, but uh, talk about what that brought to it.
2: You never know who's going to be there for you when you need them. Um, That came in. Actually, to be honest, they had made three different versions of those videos. And the last one obviously was the best one. So, you know, I mean, they really cared. You know, I know Jimmy and B and John O'Leary go way back. And it was nice that they did that. And it was just exciting to have. Now you you and John were
1: working on something before he before he passed, w- weren't you, or or was that?
2: Well, um, I produce events out at Wildwood Amphitheater, and John came out and emceed a couple of the blues nights for us.
1: I'm going to put this plug in there because I did. I mentioned the Paz Man. I went to I went came to the Wildwood. Never never heard of it. Never been there, and to see the Paz Man last summer, and I have to tell you, I was blown away. I mean, people love Pine Knob. When they go to the Wildwood for the first time, they're not that. I think it. You know what? I think it's better than Pine Knob. I'm sorry, and I'm very excited about what's going to happen there. How did you get involved with this place? Because you have to feel the same way to be promoting it. It's just an awesome facility, isn't it?
2: It's an undiscovered gem. The uh, one of the event producers out there had called me to handle production for their summer series. You know the Tuesday night municipal things. And we were talking and he said, you know, maybe we should do a blues night on Thursdays. And I said, sure, why not? You know, I mean, I've only, uh, uh, just a quick aside, I've been part of Arts Beats and Eats for the last 25 years doing the rock stage and some of the bookings and things along those lines. So when he said blues, I mean, I've been doing that for a long, long time. So we did Thursdays. Then when I went out there and saw the facility and saw what we were dealing with, you know, why don't we do some weekend stuff, sell some tickets and see what we can make happen. And we ended up doing about 40 shows out there last year.
1: What about this? Uh, obviously, uh, COVID has made a reemergence in this these cold weather. But what, what about next year? I mean, uh, what should we expect from that place? next year because you're really kind of you're kind of looking for it to have its coming out party i'm sure
2: yeah well i look at last year as a as a soft opening this year we will be far more aggressive with our marketing and advertising we've got i believe 36 shows on the books we're in the process now of firming up the dates with acts. We've got a lot of great, we're going to be doing, we're going to be splitting the Thursdays uh, blues one week and country the next. So um, break things up a little, but that'll be Thursday nights. And then Fridays and Saturdays, we'll be doing a lot of things. Um, We want to bring back our uh, Poison Def Leppard tribute. Uh, We'll be bringing in Prince and Michael Jackson. We'll be bringing in all sorts of bigger name tributes that people want to see um, along with our Tuesday night series, which has a lot of great acts lined up.
1: Yeah. All right. um, Real quick, before we, uh, before we wrap up here talk, let's talk one thing that I was blown away First off, I want to thank you and you've mentioned it uh, not only did, uh, was I able to supply um, some video of John uh, from the interview that I did for the movie, but, Um, Doug also charged me and you, you, you guys gave me the the responsibility of putting together a slideshow. And for me, it was kind of interesting because I I spent a lot of time looking for music, you know, I was looking for something that was fitting a memorial. And, and after I talked to you, obviously I was going to put the, and we're going to talk about the Alex Sands song here in a second, but I made together two slideshows. One was, was the song that was written for John, but I was having difficulty with the other one simply because you know what do you what do you what kind of song do you pick to go with with somebody like John and and you're the one who suggested rock and roll never forgets and I have to tell you when I added that to the slideshow everything just fell into place so I want to thank you for that suggestion and to my point is why I brought it up is how cool for me it was to put together a slideshow playing a Bob Seger song for uh, someone who was passed and Bob Seger's in the slideshow because him and John you know came up together in the ABX days it was it was kind of weird to have Bob Seger. In a slideshow, you know, with his music playing. It was, but thank you for the suggestion because I, th- I think it fit perfectly. I don't know how you feel about it.
2: Well, I wouldn't say weird. I would say serendipitous. There's a good uh, one. We had hoped to receive a video from Bob, but I understood the demands that are made on him. And then if he does it for us, why won't he do it for everybody else? Right. So we, we gave him the pass on that because we had so many pictures of him and John it was, you know, it was just, we were blessed to have them. Um, the slideshow you put together was phenomenal. And I used your slides and did one more version of it because we use that when we open the doors at five o'clock. That's what was playing on the screen. The Alex Sands version, the Bob Seeger version. And I made one of I am the DJ because oh, John cool. was. John was always telling people I am a DJ. <laughs>
1: yes, he was. Yes. That's fun. So
2: I had to add that one and we looped it a few times to fill the 30 minutes of, um, you know, to fill the 30 minutes before we started the evening and that will be on the video as well.
1: Yeah. You, you mentioned the video and, and of course, uh, when, Obviously, it's not ready now, but here in a couple of weeks, if you listen to this podcast, I'll have it in the show notes. But talk about what people should expect from this video that you're gonna release because is it it's not gonna because another thing is is, is that we hadn't talked about is is you guys are gonna kind of sprinkle his as ashes when you get those back too. but talk about the video. what can people expect from this?
2: Well, you will see the entire evening period um from start to finish. we will um, you know our has been busy editing. He shot, you know, he, he shot everybody speaking as best as we could under the circumstances.
1: Cause there was a lot of times where people were standing in front of the stage and it was hard for him to get video. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, the Charlie Martin piece especially, but he did take the camera off the tripod and get up there and shoot. So we will be able to see Charlie singing the um, video is, like I say, uh, I'm at the point now where I have to, today's job is writing the credits and the thank yous so that we can get that up and we can get that on. Um, the last piece, which will be added at a later date, will be we're going to take John's ashes to all of his favorite haunts, um, whether they're there, whether they still exist or not, like bookies, like the Ritz, like Pine Knob, uh, certainly Wildwood, Cobo Hall, Ford Auditorium, and we will spread a little bit of ash. We will videotape the location and the thing, and that will be added on the end. But to get the memorial video out, we will. We hope to have it out again, uh, maybe as early as next week.
1: That's great. And again, if it, once that's available, I'll put that in the show notes, much like uh, the link where you can... Donate to the Oxford Memorial John O'Leary Memorial Fund, and of course, if you want more information, um, there'll be links in the description as well. Uh, real quick, I talked about it. What did you think of Alex Sand's songs? Because especially on such short notice, I thought it was uh, kind of fitting. It was it was very sad and emotional. So if you listen to it, you know you understand what you're getting into. But I thought it was uh, very touching that someone wrote a song about him.
2: Yes, yes. Um, you never know. Okay, so. I- I never really got to tell any of my John stories, so I'm going to tell one now. I was John's roommate for a while back in the late, mid to late 80s. I'm trying to remember the time frame. Um, So obviously being rock and rollers, we were usually up late at night and going through the TV guide. I don't know if some of your listeners remember a TV guide. (laughs) but we saw a movie that had four stars. It was called, it's a wonderful life. (laughs) And we watched it and we said, well, now we know what a four star movie looks. like." (laughs) But the thing about that is you never know the, the takeaway from this. And my reason for saying all that is that you never know how many lives you touch. And that's, the John story. Somebody, somebody was touched enough by John to have written a song. Yeah, and that was truly um, a unique experience to have a song written pretty much for the memorial.
1: Yeah. You know, since you're on that moment, can you maybe before we let you go, could you maybe share a, another John O'Leary story? Maybe just having nothing to do with, the, the, with that, but just to, maybe something you could share with us about.
2: There was never, you know, if you needed John for something and he could do something, he would. And whether it was, you know, emceeing a show or getting you tickets to a concert or taking you backstage to meet somebody, if it was doable, John did it. So, you know, I will always, when I needed a place to live, he had an empty room in his his flat. And, you know, I was able to stay there for a few years till I got back on my feet. Now, what do you know if anything
1: about uh, this? This uh, I'm not going to mention his name. This jackass who murdered. Uh, do we have any idea about uh, where this the status is in the court hearings? He has a hearing coming up in this month, sometime. I, I think. I
2: Believe tomorrow he has his preliminary exam in Wayne County Court. Um, the story I've been told is that when the police came to his door, he admitted to the murder. So I don't understand what the holdup is unless maybe his attorney's trying to, um, you know, to be an attorney and right. get him off or a reduced sentence or what I don't know. But I do know that the preliminary exam, I believe is scheduled for tomorrow.
1: One of the things, and and you may or may not be able to paint some light on this, uh, Brian is, is some, one of the things that, that, is weird to me is that Kim worthy charged him among other the uh, you know among the murder charges also with larceny do you know what that's about
2: no no i am unaware of that uh i saw that somewhere but i couldn't tell you you know i can only surmise and it's not worth wasting your listening right
1: time. sure yeah it's all hyperbole it, it, you know i've i've talked to the police officer and they won't tell me anything i've even tried to get some kind of information so hopefully that'll come to light but it doesn't matter i mean the fact is this uh, john's no longer with us and 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 this guy needs to to spend the rest of his life in prison and let's just hope that happens
2: yeah it's unfortunate that there's nothing that we can do to bring him back but the fact that somebody is being held responsible is more comforting than this being an unsolved murder
1: Amen to that, Brian. I can't thank you enough for joining me today. I mean, uh, I, I know this this is it's still kind of fresh. It's only a couple months removed, but uh, I really appreciate you being so candid. And I appreciate uh, not only yourself, but Roger Burdoff, Doug Podell, Art Volo, everyone who participated and, and contributed to the uh, to the memorial. Um, I think it was fitting. I think uh, I think John was looking down, saying, "Oh my gosh, look what I did." Um, yeah. And there's nothing more well, I can say people- about
2: that. Or or to quote Sally Fields, you like me, you really, really like me.
3: And I can't deny the fact that you like me right now. You like me.
1: Brian, I can't thank you enough for joining me today. All the best to you, sir. Thank you, Ron. Thanks again to Brian Major, and thank you for tuning in for Radio Days, the podcast. And, of course, keep an eye out for Radio Days, the movie, coming later this year. Stay tuned here for this song from Alex Sands. And, of course, again, as I mentioned earlier, if you want to contribute, click the link below. If you want to check out the video, that link should be down there as well. Tune in next week. I'll have another episode of Radio Days, the podcast. And one last thing before we get to that Alex Sands song. Here's Johnny B. and Jim McCarty from the Rockets and Mitch Ryder and the Detroit Wheels giving their sign-off. To John O'Leary, this was played at the Memorial as well. And I'll follow that up with the Alex Sand song for John O'Leary. Till next time.
3: I tell you, John, you're hanging with all the big dogs now. You got Hendrix up there and Ginger Baker and Mitch Mitchell and Janis Chaplin and James Brown. You ought to be having a party time, baby. So I want you to reach for the stars, and I want you to throw some stardust. Down on us whenever you get a chance. Much love, God. I have been home Every song I play Play my favorite song In my headphones sing along I played it to you I played it to you Living on the air
2: What I'm doing now Thank you all for coming For coming
3: and now i bow as the final curtain is closing i pray